Uh, I decided to do a podcast on Braveheart just because, like, if you've noticed lately, I've been doing a lot of weird stuff, but it's all for, like, a good reason. So we can all tell that society's changing. Like, we all wear masks now, and we're becoming, like, desensitized to the fact that, like, we have these masks on, and we wear them everywhere we go. And it's a little bit concerning to me that, like, our freedoms are being stripped from us and we don't even, it happens so slow. I saw this post by one of these, this guy I used to work with, uh, and he said in his post, well, it's somebody else's post. Now we all copy each other nowadays, but he copied something, posted somebody else's thing, and it basically just said that our freedoms are being taken so slowly that it's like we don't even notice. And there was this analogy I'm gonna, I took a screenshot, I think. Um, actually, no, I didn't. But basically, our freedoms are being taken away so slowly that we don't even, like, feel it happening. And so it's like, sometimes, it had something to do with an animal. Like, you just enclose it slowly, and then it doesn't realize that it doesn't have freedom. And so it's like, I think it was one chain link at a time. So with a dog's leash or chain... If you shortened it one chain at a time, over time, it just gets comfortable with, like, its new short leash. And so a lot of times, like, we let that happen to us in society. We let our leashes get pulled in and pulled in and pulled in until it's almost too late to even do anything about it. And so Braveheart to me was just this movie where I was like, hmm, like, what's the most popular line in this movie like? You may take our lives, but you will never take our freedom. Right? <laughs> best, best line, probably best line in any movie ever. So enjoy. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to... The King of Corona Podcast, brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. Uh, I decided to watch. I did those chick flicks for a little bit. Decided to stop doing those for a minute and get back to my normal stuff. But I'm watching Braveheart tonight, and Braveheart is probably one of the best movies ever made. So I figured I'd do a podcast on this movie because this is a movie about um, doing what's right, going against all odds, and it's a movie where it kind of speaks to my spirit, my soul, and I can relate to this character, William Wallace. So I'm about 15 minutes in. First, how lucky are we that we don't live in these times? where we don't have to scavenge for food. Like, your whole day was just basically looking for food. Now we just have grocery stores. You just go in, get groceries. And uh, we have clean showers. This guy, this little William Wallace little kid, his dad just got killed. And he just saw, like, this massacre at this farm. And basically, like, times could be a lot worse. And so... Watch watch movies like this, and these are, I mean, this is obviously not 
this is not based on true events, but this is how life used to be for a lot of people. And I think we're always stuck in these, well, life ain't fair and it's so sad to be me. And when in reality, life has been a lot worse for other generations. And so anyway, I will keep you posted, but I'll give you some of my insights from this movie. William starts having dreams about like his dad and people that have died, and his dad looks over at him after he's been killed in his dream, obviously, and says to him, Your heart is free. Follow it. That right there, that's, that's a great, those are great words of advice from a dead dude. Your heart is free. Follow it. Like, have let yourself have a free heart. Follow it. Follow your heart. What does that mean? It means do what you know is right inside of yourself. Like, also back in the day, so it's showing uh, the girl, Princess Isabel. She's getting married to Prince Edward who she doesn't want to with reason because, I mean, if you remember this movie, he's that guy where you're like, yeah, I don't think I would want my daughter to marry this guy either. He kind of looks like uh, Crust, not Krusty the Clown, but Sideshow Bob with this haircut. So imagine that back in the day, you used to have to get married off to people. Your dad would be like, I picked the rival's daughter for you to marry. And it's like, screw you, not going to do it. Get a goal along with this type of crap. The one ruler is such a jerk. So he basically, the, the one prince that had to marry the girl is obviously gay. He's got a little boyfriend. So he had to marry the girl even though he didn't want to. So the gay guy sends the girl to the the prince sends the girl, not the gay guy. The prince sends the girl to like do the business that he should be doing. And so the dad's kind of like pissed off and it's like, all right, if you want to like, if he wants his girl to rule the kingdom, then he's trying to make a point. So he basically says, Scotland has too many st- Scottish people and so they, he wants to like eliminate them so he makes that law where the nobles his people can have sex with the women on their wedding night to try to basically impregnate them and so the Scottish are now a mix and this girl's like what a piece of crap so this movie I feel like the fact that it brings anger out of you so I just watched a big chunk of it right now and so I was wrong. He doesn't. It's not the princess that Mel Gibson is into. He's got the little girl that was at the funeral and gives him that flower, and then he keeps it forever. And then they grow up and like they still kind of love each other. And so they run away and get married. But because these nobles made this stupid rule that they get to sleep with the girl, this remember the creepy dude, the creepy one with like the looks like he's got like a, like cold sores all over his face and his mouth, and he tries to rape this girl. And so they try to escape, and then they knock her off the horse, pull her up to that, like, the 
They put her up against those posts and slit her throat. So Mel Gibson comes back and he just like goes to town on these guys. The whole basic, everybody gets together and just murders all the nobles, I guess is what you would call them. But it's, I was thinking about it from this perspective, like the guys that were part of the nobles that didn't want to be, but they were too scared to voice their opinion because consequences, right? So they had to go along with something that they knew was wrong. I think about Hitler, all the people that probably were part of murders and mass murders and things like that that didn't want to be, but because they let themselves drift too far down a path, eventually you're supporting something you don't support. And so it just made me self-aware of like, what do you support? And then what's the cost to take something back once you've lost it? William Wallace, just from that act alone, just out of rage and anger, doing what he thought was right, was, uh, he just became a leader overnight. That's a scary thing. Sometimes you don't want to do the right thing because it means you're going to be a leader. And being a leader is scary, but if you follow emotion, sometimes don't chase your emotions, but (laughs) if you do things out of emotion sometimes, it's going to create a path for you. So now everybody wants to join up with William Wallace because he just stuck up for his little town against the English. So they know that this is going to happen all over the place. And so he basically is now the leader of this uh, rebellion, which how cool is that, right? You fight against something and you go, you go make something right that's wrong. How cool. So Robert the Bruce comes into the picture. He's the one that's like William's right-hand man. His dad's like that guy that sometimes I feel like when I live in Colorado, my skin probably looks like this guy. Remember, he's got like leprosy. He's got the bandages over his face. I don't know if you guys deal with this dry weather, but it's pretty awful. (laughs) But Robert the Bruce, this guy's like inspired. William Wallace is inspiring a nation. And this guy's like, I want to back him. I want to fight like him. I want to support the rebellion. It's interesting how how so many people think so differently. Like Bruce, Robert the Bruce, he's uh, he wants to just stand up and do the right thing. Because the right thing seems like what would be more important. And then the leper dad is like just conniving, coming up with plans like, here's what we do to better ourselves and we got to support both sides. And then um, even though this guy's brave, we got to be smart and we got to outthink and outwit. And Like there's truth to it, which is sad. You do sometimes have to think a few steps ahead like in chess because if you just react to things, you're, you don't have a plan, you don't have a strategy. And so the dad is probably, like, maybe William should have uh, organized a little committee to think think things through, but it's admirable slash probably not going to end well, but definitely you got to put the two together and then come up with the best solution. And also... (laughs) 
I was just thinking about how you should watch all movies with subtitles because subtitles make you like, it's like you're reading a book. And so you're understanding the movie better. So I just had some insight that I wanted to, this is like pertains to life, but so like Robert the Bruce, he wants to go and break off and the dad basically says like, you're the 17th. There was 16 before you right now is the time to survive. So how many of us are trying to like carry on a legacy? Like your grandpa was, your mom was a Mormon. Your grandpa was a Mormon. They're their dad was a Mormon. Their dad was a Mormon. And so like, you're just trying to basically like make it through this life just to die to pass that on. Is that even a life? Is that anything worth living for? Something to think about. So uh, this part, this is like I'm such a freaking pansy, but it's like I'm watching this part where the princess and her little maiden, like Jasmine and her little maiden, in Aladdin, they're talking and they know the story about William Wallace and it's she's telling her and basically saying he is avenging a love and she just got married to that guy that's into guys so there's no love and she's just like dreaming in her head of like a man that would go to that length to defend a woman that he loved. Wow. You have to appreciate the locker room talk here. Sorry, I had to say it. But while they're sitting around the fireplace, the one dad <laughs> says to the his son, he ba- they're talking about making the spears to fight the Englishmen when they come on the horses. They're like, we're going to have to make them twice as long as a man. And the uh, dad says, he's like, you're going to make them that long? And then he goes, some men are longer than others. And then the dad says, your mother been telling stories about me again, huh? <laughs> Guy's humor is awesome. If you're, if you're a girl and you've never been able to experience guy humor, you're missing out. More insight. Remember the madman? He shows up. He's Irish. And he says, it's my island. And he pulls the dagger out. And he's like a crazy man. And he goes, you're a madman. And he goes, oh, I'm in the right place then, aren't I? That's my Irish accent. Well, I'm in the right place then, aren't I? Let me try one more time. Then I'm in the right place then, aren't I? Ew, the look of the Irish. (laughs) My accents are really good, by the way. But uh, I was thinking about this. Insight insight alert. That uh, sometimes... There's a, a place for every everybody fits in somewhere. And sometimes these like people that come across super crazy just don't fit in to modern society. So they end up killing so many Englishmen and causing so much ruckus and there's such a there's such a successful rebellion that they've now they have a full war on their hand. Imagine you're this little rebellion going up against this army with horses. They have armor. You basically are just like you you were at your house just prior to this, like just digging the land, planting food, just barely scraping by. Well, these people in the city are all fat and happy, riding on horses, all the energy in the world. And all you're fighting on is emotion and for what is right. 
how much fear how much fear would you have but then how much courage does that take best part of the whole movie right now when william wallace he shows up to this giant these People are leaving. The army's walking away. He pulls up on his horse and basically says, "I'm William Wallace." How much like, how much can one person change the energy of thousands of people? Ready to give up, and one guy shows up with, with the right words and the right message, and everybody's ready to stand behind him. And the message he's trying to make is, "What are you going to do without your freedom? If we lose this fight today and we give up our freedom, then what? What do we have?" That's a question for us right now. We give up our freedom. What do we have worth fighting for? Hopefully you guys heard that. They may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. He basically says, if you run right now, you'll live for a little bit. But then when you're old, dying in your beds, would you not have wanted to take the chance to fight for something? So they go out to the middle of the field and William Wallace goes out there and picks the fight. Basically, they're delivering the terms. William Wallace is like, here's the terms. You go back and apologize to every single house you burnt down. You say sorry to everybody, and then not only that, your commander's got to come in the middle of the field, spread his legs, stick his head between his legs, and kiss his own ass. And they're like, wow, that was disrespectful. And then they go back, and then they all start showing their dicks, and then their asses, and then those guys shoot some arrows, and then it's like, "Uh uh-oh, first, this is your first little taste of, like, the war. Up until that point, it's like, ah, and then an arrow hits you, and you're like, Ooh, this just got real. All right, so you got to watch this movie next time. This first war, when they're charging at each other. (laughs) Watch William Wallace. So he's running. He's got a sword in one of the spots. And then it, like, pans the people running at him. Then he's got, like, this little thing in his hand. And then they pan away. And then they come back, and he's got nothing. (laughs) It's like, they just probably, was pure laziness. Like, it was too hard to change things back then. They just didn't edit it, and we're like, eh, nobody's ever going to see this stuff. It's a film. It's going to just go right past it, and nobody's going to notice. But now, now look at us picking this stuff apart. William Wallace took out an entire army of the English. Just with one person, one person. Think about every single person was sitting there like, not wanting their wife to get raped by these nobles. And one person stood up, did what was right, and now him and his little rebellion just defeated an army. All right, this is the very important. He says, there is a difference between us. He's talking to Bruce. Um, there's the group of people after they win the war, and they're trying to come to terms. on like, well, we got to do this, and we have to... It's all about politics. It's this political bullshit that we deal with still to this day. So he says, there's a difference between us. You think the people of this country exist to provide you with position. I think your position exists to provide those people with freedom. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth?
so many good lines in this movie. People don't follow titles. They follow courage. He's talking to Bruce again. Basically just tells him that the people aren't going to follow your nobles. And Bruce is basically saying you need to work with the nobles. Because this is how you're going to be able to win what you're trying to win. And so, like I said before, you got to have the wits and you got to have the brawn. You got to have the courage. You got to have it all. You can tell that this king, he just found out that York got taken over, that they're now invading England. And so he's worried that they're going to be able to get into lower England. And so he's got that little wussy son, takes his son's boyfriend and throws him out the window and kills him. And then he's trying to figure out, like, who do I send? I'm trying to, he's, he's smart. You can tell he's smart. And so you got, like, you got to, they've built a pretty good story here with the, the characters he's getting at odds with each other, but then how, uh, like the evil side, they're always very cunning and they're very good at like playing chess and getting things done as well. If that makes any sense. So the King decides to send who the princess, because he's probably thought in his head, this guy is going through all this trouble to, defend a woman and so he knows he has a spot soft spot for women and he respects them and he like maybe he'll let his guard down is what i'm thinking he's thinking when he sends the princess to go talk to uh to william wallace sir william wallace just gets people to see get in touch with their inner self like he talks to this princess princess isabel and just like gets to her heart like she's basically trying to say that like Lord Shanks, this terrible king, wants peace. And he's like, he doesn't want peace. When I was a kid, his definition of peace was he took a bunch of no Scottish nobles and hung them in a barn. He's never wanted peace. And then he explains to her about like how his wife died. And you can tell it's just like she knows what's happening is not right. And she's on the wrong side of the war. And he's... He's breaking down the hearts of the right people. And this king thought he had it right, but good rules, evil. <laughs> Mel Gibson's got to be one of the best actors. She's riding away in that little carriage. He doesn't even realize that this girl like is like falling for him. She's like looking out the little carriage and his two buddies <laughs> are looking at him like, hmm. It's like she's into him. And he's like, huh? What? What's going on? So the king forgot he's smarter than I remembered. He uh, sent the girl knowing how it would play out. So he already sent his uh, his armies in advance to, to get ahead of this problem. So William's a little bit screwed at this point. And the princess is very upset because she has a crush on him. So William convinces Bruce to join forces like in front of his people. He gives him his word and then he goes back. But Bruce is kind of run. He runs the country, but his dad's actually the king. But his dad has um, leprosy. So he can't really show his face. So he kind of runs the country for his dad. So he gives him his word, but then his dad's like, you can't, like, you're going to fight with the side that's going to get slaughtered. So even though Bruce wants to do the right thing, 
his dad's trying to talk reason, like, don't just, like, go kill yourself. Like, think about this. The king <clears throat> sure played his hand right. He paid off the, the right people, long shanks. He paid off the uh, Bruce's people, so they basically ended up leaving Mel Gibson, William Wallace on the battlefield without defense, and Bruce had to basically betray William, which is the biggest betrayal of all time. It's so sad because his dad basically made him do it. He didn't have to do it, though. He didn't have to do it. It just breaks your heart. He takes that helmet off. Robert the Bruce is underneath it. And he just trusted him. They shook on it. That's how life should be. You shake on something. We have no trust left in our humanity. So many people are so... There's so many contracts and so many legal documents and everything is like run by the government right now and it just sucks. Can you imagine just the pure regret you would feel? When uh, Robert the Bruce is walking through the field and he knows he just messed up and made a bad decision. All the death, all the death that's somewhat on your hands because of a decision you made. Moms and kids sitting next to bodies crying. He's just walking around like, how am I part of this? And at one point his dad says to him, like, it's difficult being a leader because you have to make like you have to make tough choices. For him, the tough it was a tough choice because I mean it's death. Sometimes the consequence of the right path is death. These movies, these lines that like are emotional, it's because it's real. Like this is what you really want. When you get teary eyed in a movie, it's because you can relate to a character. When Robert the Bruce goes back and he's talking to his leopard dad and he's basically like, I, he's like, possessions, titles, money, lands. He's like, I have nothing. And he's like, you have nothing? He's like, you protected what was yours, and now you're going to be the ruler. And he's like, I want to believe like William Wallace. I want to fight. He's like, you should see the people that fight for William. They fight because of his courage and because he's doing it for the right reasons. And people fight for me because if they don't, I'll starve their wives, I'll starve their children and kick them off of my land. There's different kind of rulers. There's different kind of CEOs. There's different kind of people in this world. Be the right kind of person and build an army around you that is like William, not like Leper, not like the King of England. Build around people that are going to do the right thing always. All right, this can now officially fit in with my chick flick series because I know what women want once again. The princess, she just wants a man that is respectable, that does the right thing, that's just a good-hearted guy. She can see that in him, and then he, when they hook up, it's like for her this magical connection. And like I talked about on my last podcast, it doesn't need to choke her or punch her or 
rip her to shreds. They could just be together and have the energy and the connection of like they're of who they are. I still think that's real in today's world, just so everybody knows. We're desensitized. So sad for this Robert the Bruce. He like makes a second attempt at basically like, trust us. You can work with the nobles to help you win this war. And that stupid freaky face leopard dude steals it from him again. And people are waiting to grab him as he comes. Oh man, so many bad people. So William Wallace gets taken to the prison and the princess comes and visits him and basically begs like, please swear allegiance to him so you can live. And he goes, if I swear allegiance, then I am dead already. Like basically like, I will not, my principles and what I stand for are worth more than my life. Every man dies not every man really lives. Those are some freaking words right there. Like this this character William Wallace has has it figured out. Yeah. Scary. He always says he says like multiple times in this movie, like, we all die, it just depends on when, how. If you're able to give your life for a great cause, like what a way to go. How sad is it that the king is like on his deathbed? He's like dying right now, and he's the one that makes the decision about Wallace dying. If he could just die sooner, like they could reverse this whole thing. Wallace could live. Hi, hi, hi. This is like if I ever had to die, and like I had to die for something, like William Wallace, he's basically saying this prayer in his cell journal, and he's saying, I'm so scared. Give me the strength to die well. Like, honestly, I think uh, a lot of a lot of life is preparing for death, right? You're going to die. How are you going to die? And, like, how well prepared are you? If you meditate, can you take your mind elsewhere? If you've been through a lot of pain, can you relate through the pain that you've been through while on your deathbed? But... How many of us are going to die well? How amazing is it when they're basically torturing him and they're begging him to just yell, just to say mercy, and they'll give him a quick death, and then he yells, Freedom! Robert the Bruce is crying. Princess is crying. His friends are crying. He's impacted all these people. And he goes out on top. And then out walks his eternal reward. The girl that died. That he's been fighting for. He has to reunite with her. Just like on Gladiator. Just like I think is going to happen with all of us in real Real life. You'll be rewarded for what you've done in this life. Oh, such a good movie. Like, Robert the Bruce finally gets to pay back for these betrayals. He's the head of the army. And he basically says to the army, 
you bled with Wallace, now bleed with me. And the people support him, and then they go charge the field, and they win their freedom. So, like, the takeaway from this movie for me is, like, the right thing is not the easy thing. The right thing sometimes is the really difficult thing. And it's the thing that most people aren't doing. Most people are just sitting there getting pushed around into things that they don't want to do. How many of us are willing to stand up for what's right, do what's right, even when the cost is more than what you think it might be worth? This is a this is a good movie. This is like it reminds me of like a almost like a Martin Luther King. Like something's not right. One person starts to stand up, starts to create courage, inspire people to also go against that the narrative that's wrong. So this is uh, I mean I like to take every moment I can to give a positive message, but. I would just encourage everybody to just look at your lives, look at freedoms, look at maybe things that are being taken away, and what can you do, what can I do, what can we all do to do the right thing. Hope you guys have a great week. Love you.